thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome, pilots. You're tuned to the guard frequency, because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 247 of the best damn space sim podcast ever, and was recorded on Friday, February 8th, and made available for download on Tuesday, February 12th, 2019, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Ken Shadow. I'm Tony. And I'm Jeff. And it's not only me who wants to wrap around those streams, right, Brian? That's right, Jeff. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up. Tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at Feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, then you should come and join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency Live over at twitch.tv forward slash guard free. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on that big Patreon logo and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week over week. We hope you consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. And be sure and check them out over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get to the show. What have we got in store this week, Ken Shadow? In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest from Star Citizen, Elite, Dangerous, and Overload. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, with one-third more drama and excitement. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, checker screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Elite Dangerous is just humming along nicely and not generating news or controversy. So we're just going to make some up. We were provoked. I swear! Stop the presses, batten down the hatches as CI releases the roadmap through Alpha 3.84 Q4 2019. And wouldn't you know it, Tony was right again, says Tony. And it's the end of the journey for the folks who created the spiritual successor to Descent, who were the guys that made the original Descent. Uh, so I thought we'd start with that one real quick, just because it's a kind of a brief announcement. Um, the guys that did Overload released it. They completed it. They, they made it out to the big world. They're on the cusp, I think, of getting it into the Xbox ecosystem, and they've announced that they're kind of stopping there. It's sort of the they they done what they could. You know that part in the Lord of the Rings where they get to the Elf City, Rivendell, and they're like, "Yeah, we, we did what we set out to do, and it's time to go home." That's that's where they're at. Did they release multiplayer? I don't remember. I don't 
Because that was like a so. stretch for them, I think. Yeah, I don't. In any event, they, 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 there's a nice post that went out over Twitter, and they basically, you know, were it's it, they're sun, they're sunsetting it a little bit. They're it's, they're not going to further develop features on it anymore. The team is already kind of in reality broken up and gone on to bigger and better things. They've they this experience they had making Overload turned into opportunities for the people that made it. So they're you know it, it's it's already it, it kind of naturally kind of flowed apart. Uh, so they're uh, they're thanking all our, our supporters and, and backers, and we had them on the show a couple of times. So we want to wish them well uh, in their future endeavors. And they said they left the door open that maybe they'll come back sometime to it. You know, never say never, because the Lord of the Rings went on for two more movies after that, two and a half more movies, because that was halfway through the first one. So I mean, there may be more, but for them for now, they 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 feel like they've accomplished what they wanted to do. So uh, so congratulations, well done, Sayonara, and we'll see you again sometime. Uh, but in the meantime, it's still out there, and look for it on Xbox soonish, if you're an Xbox person. So that was a quick snippet there. So we can do this a couple of different ways. This next part, these next two parts. There's Elite Dangerous and there's Star Citizen. Um, Elite Dangerous is not doing a lot newsworthy wise because I think that they're kind of they've kind of gone into hibernation mode a little bit, working on their as yet unannounced updates to the game. They're beyond Chapter Four was out, more or less patched up, pretty stable. People pretty happy with the features and everything. Not a lot going on news-wise. Star Citizen, on, on the other hand, on the other hand, uh, released their roadmap. To, I mean, to just another roadmap release like they do regularly now. And there's some things in there that I mined for. I, I dug into it a little bit that we can talk about. Or I was provoked. I was taken to task a little bit. By uh, by one particular uh, listener of ours, uh, who uh, uh, wrote in, was it Clown Bobo? It was not Clown Bobo. It was not Clown Bobo. Clown Bobo is on a secret mission. Yeah, Clown Bobo is currently on a secret mission that I've I've sent him on. That he's 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 reported in. The secret mission is proceeding apace. Hey, I I gotta I gotta I gotta interject here. Uh, Is there? Do you? Yeah. What do you need to interject about? Well, um, distant world news. You, oh, yeah. You, I mean, that's that's yeah. That's we can talk about that because there's a very nice article on I think Polygon. Yeah. Um, but even that, even the controversy on that, there's controversy in there because Harry Potter, Commander Harry Potter, the guy that uh, that took out the Salome um, NPC PC whatever on that secret interceptor mission whatever a couple years ago, he's back again with his uh, distant ganks group trying to murder hobo everybody on the distant worlds expedition like he does i mean big surprise this is not a this is not a huge but this is also that emergent gameplay thing etc etc so even the news is not news because there's a community event and some players are trying to ruin it which is yeah i mean you should just expect that at this point that's that's working as intended but, but the Polygon article was very complimentary and, you know, it highlighted a bunch of stuff uh, that they're doing. They're, by their count, by the Distant Worlds people's count, there's 12,000 commanders doing this, which is a pretty... That's a that's a, that's lot, a lot of players yep. yeah, involved in one event. And uh, so, I mean, it's 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 great. I mean, it's a really good thing. It's a, it, it shows that the, the Elite Dangerous community is active and vibrant and there's a lot of passionate players out there and and it shows that there are that there's enough interest in the game itself to have let's call them butt fedoras uh hanging around the outskirts of it trying to make people trying to ruin people's day so it's even it could be kind of a backhanded compliment about the health of your game if you have a dedicated group of people out there making everybody's day miserable 
So, but that, but, but let's move on because I we were called out, or I was maybe, uh, uh, or we all were. I don't know, mostly me. We'll find. I'll read it through, and you guys can decide who was called out here. So this is from Commander Creator of Myths. Uh, he starts off by saying, tuning up the UART frequency, the link established, current throughput, 9,600 baud's. Nice. Uh, begin transmission. Hello, guys from the Deep Black. Thanks for the awesome radio every week or so. That was a dig of us taking a vacation. Uh, if you feel like you're spending too much time speculating about Star Citizen, a.k.a. the game that's nowhere near completion, and its future while you're neglecting the future and possibilities of Elite Dangerous, a.k.a. the game you're actually playing, here are some points we're talking about in case you run out of themes like the last time. One, are space legs achievable at all? How would Frontier solve the puzzle of visiting huge space stations or even worlds? Would you like What would you like it to be and will it come? Two, seriously, we need more ways to make a dent in the universe. It feels so Potemkin Village-like now. Destructible stations, piracy and villainy, there you go guys, with real consequences, naval battle events, multiple lore scenarios, susceptible to player actions, player submitted missions, etc. Three, we also desperately need more ways to cooperate. Why don't Wings and Multicrew work together? Why can't I operate my buddy's SRV? Why can't we discover together, trade together, escorts anyone, mine together, and no, wing missions don't count. Four, I want my in-cockpit cabin light. That's for you, Henry. And my reflection in the canopy. I just want it. Immersion. Five, why isn't there a galaxy map filter for explored but not yet explored by any one system? Why is there no information about ships in the Codex knowledge base? In a game arguably, arguably built around starships, why can't I name my SRV Jeff? Uh, okay, maybe I should post these to Frontier first. Anyway, don't forget to speculate about Elite from time to time. See you out there, salute face. Link lost, Thargoid incursion imminent, hard points retracted, frame shift drive charging. Strap yourself in, four, three, two, one. So I'd like to answer the, the first question here, meaning that why don't we speculate about Elite? And I think the, you know, okay, first, why do we speculate about Star Citizen? Mostly because Star Citizen isn't a game yet there's a lot that hasn't been done yet and so i think we we feel like we have some sort of um you know this is the game we're making kind of a thing you know we have some sort of love the game we're building right? we, some sort of license to uh to talk about subjects that are not near completion right and so it's a little easier to discuss these things because honestly anything could be true um mm-hmm. this it gives us 10 bits we extrapolate yada yada i think with elite um, I think we, at least in my personal opinion, every time we've kind of, um, we do go off and do theorize, we have, we always stick on the, the, the near term side because a frontier, e- frontier, even though it's, you know, uh, this is an evolving game, it's already in, it's already been playing. Um, they give us, they give us much less peaks under the hood, I would say in terms of like what is coming up, even in the immediate future sometimes. And so mm-hmm. knowing, thinking about what's coming up in the future becomes much harder, in my opinion, for Elite um, because of uh, the, just, just the nature of Frontier and the way they do community engagement. Brian, I agree with you 100%. And I, I really, and I think I would personally be, and again, I, I play Elite, what, like every once a, a month little. or something like that? <laughs> not, very, not very often. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would probably play Elite more if if Frontier was a little more on the um, was a little bit more like Sig in terms of like you know hey this is what we're got coming up let's talk about it for like three months before you get it you know instead of instead of like the couple of weeks before they put it in 
you know. Now, the, I'm going to have to waggle my finger to you now, sir. Oh, no. Because they did that all last year. Yeah, well. All of last year, they teased the quarterly updates, and they did it. Now, I'm going to give you a pass on the two in the middle. I was a little. Those I don't were pretty know. I just, dry. I, okay. Okay. Well, let me 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 underscore that a little bit. Um, I was less impressed with the features that they put out last year, and when and when they the the, the small things that they teased that I was excited about, I felt disappointed about when they actually released them, uh, with okay. some exceptions, things I haven't That's had fair. a chance to play, honestly. As a listener pointed out, that uh, 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 Star Citizen, we have a roadmap, and we get to speculate about that roadmap and talk about that roadmap. Elite does not. Right. And uh, I, I kind of, when I got challenged by by Commander Creator of Miss here uh, to, to on this on these points, I did want I did poke around a little bit and sort of like, and it's a good it's a good question. It's a good. It's a good philosophical question. Why do we treat Elite Dangerous differently than Star Citizen? And Brian hit it 100% on the head. But I went digging a little bit, a little bit more. And they're a public company now. And they've always been. They've been a public company for a long time. And just recently, they had their 25th anniversary. And so I kind of went. I went looking around. And I went to Reddit. Okay, I'll admit it. I went. I did this. The hive of scum and villainy. I went there. And uh, they point. There are a couple of people have been pointing out. Um, I think Obsidian Out commented on it too, that uh, their uh, Liberum, which is their investment banking firm, whatever, the money bags guys. They go out and find investors. They go out and drum up money for for uh, Frontier to to uh, to build games. They brought a cake to Frontier for their 25th anniversary. And then shortly thereafter, they released a little note to their investors about how they expect the game, the, the company to grow. There's the new title that's going to come out in the next year uh, and sometime between June of 2019 and uh, June of 2020. Um, there's talk about the next uh, phases of advancement in Elite Dangerous, whether that's probably going to be some sort of paid content to help appease the lifetime uh, subscriber purchaser people from back in the day. So they have responsibilities to their investors to not blow it. <laughs> to, and, and there's a, a presentation on YouTube from their new chief financial officer uh, at Frontier. They basically he came out and said, when we make an announcement, we've got to have the whole marketing push behind it. We, we can't afford to blow that initial announcement. And it's got to be right and it's got to be uh, prepared ahead of time. So they're live in more ways than one. Um, uh, they're live uh, as a public company. They're live as gaming environments, and they're live as uh, seeking franchise opportunities, both internally making their own IP and externally with deals like uh, Jurassic World. So they're walking more of a tightrope, and we have less license to sort of guess because they can't confirm or deny, and and so it's it's harder to get that that back and forth. CIG, we love the game we're building. And uh, and we have we have more license to that. But to answer his specific questions, uh, let's leave space legs for a minute. Uh, that's but the most we, exciting one. I know, but that's why I want to leave it for last. But the ne- the next couple here, I, the the Potemkin village thing, destructible scenarios. I don't know we're ever going to get that because that's not the way they designed the game. Uh, the distant worlds is a good example of this. There's the private, there's the open, and there's the solo. You really can't have a, a, those kind of things when you have three different ways to interact with the game. It's yeah. got to be kind of static. They need they need more reasons to be in open, right? 
Just like yeah, they do. Ultima Online, they 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 split their world right. They had their PvP section and their non-PvP section, right? And then when they did when they did that in their game, everybody that well, I mean like ninety nine percent of the population went to the PvE section only, and they they had to roll out feature update after feature update after feature update that were only available in the PvP section just to get people to come back over there. And that's exactly what Elite has to do, right? They have to have features that are only available in the PvP areas. And, and, and there's a solution to that. You offer some protections for your PvP players or PvE players. Um, uh, whether you buy a, 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 a you know, extra dollar a month and you get a, a virtual shield against uh, you know PvP attacks or something something that that gives the the, the people to play together because uh, most people that just want to play the game and not um, inter- you know not have that kind of of um, player versus player contact, will more likely play alone than play with anybody else, even though they want to play with other people. That's fine. That's fine. You know, I, I think I, I think you just need to make it segregated where, okay, we, we, we want people to play together. If you want to make that statement, then you say, okay, we're going to release a specific type of content where you have to play together in order to experience that content. If you don't, if you don't want to play with other people, if you don't want to fight other people, then you don't, see this content you know or maybe you see a different version of this content well then you better not make it any better or special than the stuff that's on the other servers or available to to people that are only pve because because you're gonna lose you're gonna lose players you know we're all about solutions on this show and i have the perfect solution would you like to hear what it is we would tony would you like to hear what this is it's in it's in this question three Mm, why don't wings and multi-crew work together because if you are a group of PVE players that like to hang out together, and you can, if, if multi-crew became a, a, a god mode almost, and if you could w- fly around with impunity uh, in multi-crew, and two multi-crewed ships that were flying and attacking each other just couldn't wear each other down, were basically invincible to each other, that would do it. If you had, if you could, if you if you could fight to a stalemate, uh, given given even roughly equivalent equipment, right? You don't have to go onto the engineers and all that kind of stuff. If multi crew evened the bar between competitive uh, 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 god modding min maxer guys and casual players, if that feature evened the playing field, like it negated engineering or you know balanced out engineering, whatever, that would do it. But, you could, but isn't isn't that conversely a, a solo player has no chance of surviving in a PvP area? Is that what you're saying? That could be, or the solo player could get a multi-crew player escort. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we've is the we have the new what are they called raid ships? I don't remember the name of the the ships where you're you're fighting you're you're fighting in. Um, you know, you have to destroy the turrets and all, all those kinds of things. Yeah, those yeah, those mega ship, mega those ships. mega ship encounters. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah scenarios. Yeah. So, I mean, them. those are really meant for you know, uh, they, they feel like they're 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 raid esque, right? They're made yes. for more oh, than yeah, one definitely. player. So, yeah. my I think my argument would be, why aren't there PvP versions of those um, that have greater rewards than the PvE versions? only available in open, right? And in, in which case, you know, you take a page from the Star Citizen where they intentionally try and get people into the same instances in order to fight around giant objects like that. 
I think that's a great idea. I mean, they, they re- and I think those combat zones, those specialized scenarios and combat zones, maybe are intended to be that way. But uh, uh, like you were saying, without the special rewards that go on top of it, not just like a little extra reputation or a little more influence that you don't see that. And, that's not a, that's them, not a thing you see. With, with them being in basically in special instances anyway, you know, I think they should come up with um, th- th- those. Those should be exempt from the whole open versus closed, uh, open versus private um, server dynamic, right? I mean, you should. If you go into those, you know, you know, it's it's just like a combat zone. It's not a, it's not necessarily a uh, just you in there or just your friends in there. I mean, statistically speaking, going into open is not terribly risky unless you're going into one of those areas where there's a lot of players clustered uh, because those guys hang around. You know, the the butt fedora guys hang around those places where they're going to find victims, unsuspecting victims. So if you're just flying off on your own, statistically, you're not gonna you're not gonna have this experience. But the cost is high. You know, it's it's a low probability, high cost sort of analysis, and people will avoid that. Yeah. But 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 but, but going back to the original question here, one of the things is destructible space stations, piracy, all those things. The whole point is to pull people into an environment in which those things can actually thrive because you have player versus player conflict. Something at stake. Some, yeah. Something at stake. Yeah, the 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 they're they're I believe that that leveraging somehow, like what you were talking about, rewards for playing particular types of co- types of content or playing in particular environments, I think also leveraging the systems they have in place and have sort of orphaned a little bit, <clears throat> multi-crew, um, I think that a combination of those two things could solve a lot of these problems. Um, and as far as the cabin light goes, you know, Henry is our Henry is our, our, our cheerleader on that. They should six, uh, 85 Chevette, I think, was his uh, uh, point. Yes, the interior cabin light should be a thing that could be done. And a galaxy map filter, that's just a database query, and I don't see why they couldn't do that. Show me you know, a filter on unexplored systems within 50 light years or something like that. That's That seems like they could do that. So uh, good ideas, and hopefully that satiated your need for some elite dangerous theory crafting, loving the game we're building. We didn't talk about space legs. Damn it. All right, uh. fine, let's talk about space legs. I tried to get away with it. Let's talk about space legs just for a minute. I wasn't going to let you get away with it. Uh, get away with uh, it. You caught me. All right. Okay. So sorry. So, uh, so Jeff, since you caught me, you go ahead. What do you? So I, I think the space legs are achievable, but there might be some rewrite of the code, and I, and I probably think that it will probably come out as Elite Dangerous Two or something. You know, uh, the, the space legs to me it just sounds like another way, just another fancy UI. It's not additional gameplay, right? That's the speculation. Yeah, I, you know, I I see it as additional gameplay. I mean, think about it. Uh, it, it almost Star Citizen esque ish kind of, you okay. know, going hold, into hold a on, bar, going the, the, into the bar, picking up missions, and my my impression again, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, is Star Citizen really is a first-person shooter in which you get behind the, the wheel of a spaceship, right? Yes, and that is correct. From my my impression here for Elite Dangerous's space legs is you, the only only ways you would use space legs is to go around your, your ship just for, for looks' sake and to go on space stations to do basically the exact same thing you're currently doing on space stations through menus. That's possible, but I think that there's a third option. Um, and I take a look at Frontiers other titles for maybe a little bit of uh, uh, inspiration on this. Their other two released titles at the moment are Planet Coaster 
and uh, Jurassic World. And they have a yeah. Hang on, hold on, hang on. You see where I'm going with this here. So, and they also have a huge backlog of games that they've done for hire uh, back into the day. So I could see Space Legs being a they're, that they're going to have some sort of Age of Empires, uh, you know, M, uh, uh, trade network management or other thing like that, where your little guy has to go places to make things happen. Whether it's owning a space station or or uh, a docking um, facility or something like that, I could see them integrating something like that into there. Now, first-person shooter combat, I think that's a loser. I think that's a loser for the crowd that they have. I, I agree could, on that. Part. Could they sell yeah. me on a management game? Yeah, they could. They could all. They could also sell. I mean, if the only place I walked into was a bar, I I, I could get into that. You know. Pick up immersion. Uh, then that's Inter- an immersion, you know, and everybody yeah, likes a little Im- likes a little immersion. But a lot of people like the menus too. And and <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna go through the trouble of adding this new gameplay mechanic, then I think it should bring more functionality than what's currently in the menu. Now, I agree, hundred percent. Now, Tony, if you're saying okay, that you know now it becomes Space Station Manager five thousand, you know where you can own space stations potentially and manage them, and you can see that the pilots walking around and everything like that in there, uh, that would be cool. I think the, the the problem that you run into is how do you scale that up to the, uh, you know, the number of players in Elite Dangerous where it makes sense, right? Where you know, you can't have everybody manage a space station because you start running on a space station. So at least ones that are close to the bubble, right? But it could be a hangar module. Or I'm thinking more along the lines of the the postponed squadron starship management. What, That's uh, what I'm uh, thinking. Ref- refresh my min- memory. What does that mean? Uh, supposedly for Beyond Chapter 4, this most recent update, there was supposed to be a squadron starship that you were supposed to be able to sure. uh, build and, and acquire and improve and update. I think that that make solution makes sense. If you married space legs with your starship management, it provides your emergent uh, your immersion issues. It gives a social hub for the uh, people that you're in a squadron for, so everyone makes their avatar with their. So clothes. we're talking cap cap ship here. Yeah, a capital ship, a, a, you know, a carrier kind of a thing. So it gets you a social hub. It gets you your immersion. It gets people to do you know to buy the accessories and the cosmetic packs for their pilot. It uh, uh, and then you can provide functionality gameplay for operating the turrets, maximizing the shields, uh, tuning the reactor, fueling the hyperdrive. I mean, whatever whatever things you want to do with the capital ship. I think that, that the space legs combined with the uh, postponed starship management, I think, could tick off all these boxes and not have it turn into a star citizen clone, which would be the first person shooter type strategy. Which I don't think that's I think it's a loser for them. But it would also bring in their their other core competencies as a game company, which is theme park management. If that if that capital ship turned into a quote theme park where you had to attract pilots to land at your station because you had better trade rates or because you're going to jump to a, a, a exploration rich sector or whatever, um, I think that 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 could that could hit all those buttons and and be pretty successful. That would, that could be cool. Well, there we go. So so uh, commander creator of myths. Thank you for provoking me. Thank you for for getting under my skin just a little bit because it it helped because I was inspired by you, sir, to take apart the Star Citizen roadmap that we have been discussing obliquely here just a second ago. And um, turns out I was right again. 
when I said that just kind of every week we're going to get kind of a drum beat of additional things that roll out that kind of indicate that there's new sheriff in town, priorities have changed, things aren't going the way that they used to be five, six months ago. Star Citizen is definitely the redheaded stepchild to Squadron 42 now, for sure, 100%. Are you going to provide any proof? I certainly am, in the form of a spreadsheet, Brian. I'm glad you asked. Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I told you. I was, Commander Creator of Myths, he inspired me. He inspired me. <laughs> so if you'll, if you'll open your, uh, your show documents folder on the Google Drives, oh, no. you will find a, a spreadsheet in there. It's a kind of a slapdash thing. I'm not going to share it. It's it's messy and it's ugly. I hate it. But basically what I did is I took just the gameplay portion of the Squadron 42 and Star Citizen roadmaps. Just the gameplay. Just what they called gameplay. I left out, there's you know, a couple hundred entries. There's uh, too much. But I, I took those two things. I took those two uh, sections. And what they uh, comprised, they were comprised of uh, 46 gameplay deliverables. All right, for Star Citizen, forty-three gameplay deliverables for Squadron Forty Two. This is Q4 2019 through uh, back to Q1 2019 for this calendar year. Uh, Twenty-one of those directly overlap, like directly, like they call them the same thing. Like the descriptions and the word, the wordings of the descriptions were like slightly different, but the actual title of it was like, uh, for example. Uh, Q1 Squadron 42 gameplay vehicle HUD V2. Then you go over to 3.5 and Star Citizen vehicle scanning HUD improvements. And that's a little different. But most of them are things like vehicle radar version 2 for Star Citizen, vehicle radar version 2 for Squadron 42. Like, that's most of them. There's like word for word titles exactly the same. So 21 of those overlap directly, which leaves 20 roughly on both of them that were sort of independent. On the 21 that overlapped precisely, Seven of them are due at the same time. So the same release, you know, or deadline time, whatever. Q1, uh, uh, Q2, Q3, whatever. The other 14, Squadron 42 gets them first. Star Citizen gets them after. So Makes sense. Clearly from internally, the progression is get it ready for 42, port it over to Star Citizen when it's done. Yeah, that makes sense. So I mean that it, it's it has definitely taken the uh, the the priorities have shifted. Well, 100% hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let's let's look at it from. Uh, <clears throat> you're you're saying this like like st- like Star Citizen is is secondary in this regard, but look at it yes. from a QA point of view, right? If you're going to test because Squadron Forty Two is a single player game, it has right. potentially some multiplayer content, but they haven't they have they they kind of backpedaled on that a lot. They a lot backpedaled on that. Yeah, so basically, like, it's a single player it game, which right. I'm not going to. I'm not going to argue about the merits of that. No, but no. but 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 think about the QA version, the QA problems with a single player game versus a multiplayer game. It makes a lot more sense if you're going to start a new start a new feature is to QA it on single player, make sure it works all already, and then port it over multiplayer and see what the problems that you end up with are. And it's sure. probably a little more open ended on the QA on the multiplayer side because you know you can have to do more iteration. Because of game sync and lag and all sorts of things like that. Sure. And and so what that means is is that any new features or any new things are not going to make it into Star Citizen until they've beat it to death for Squadron Forty Two. Yeah. But I, again, I think that's I think that's more of a technical it's a technical flow issue than a um, 
necessarily a priority issue. Uh, set the Wayback Machine for before the official announcement where it's, let's get this into the player's hands, let's get it out there, let's meet some deadlines, let's uh, iterate on the product, let's get our, let's let our backers see under the hood, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, think, about, think about the features that were pre then. Those were very different levels of features. Like one right. of the, like for instance, the feature that gave you better multiplayer performance, <laughs> you know, or the feature to add add in these all these planets that aren't in Squadron Forty Two, right? In order to test out the performance of adding in these planets that aren't in Squadron Forty Two. So that's a good, it's a good jumping off point because I have some more points that, that that bear discussion. All right. For example, the things that they're calling gameplay. Uh, for example, s- misfires. Your guns aren't going to work 100% of the time. That's yeah. now a gameplay feature. Um, well, I think you know, that's, it's not prob- a that's probably feature? part of the, over- the overclocking mechanic, if you remember that from way back in the day. It, yeah. The things are supposed to malfunction when you overclock them and, and whatnot. Uh, yeah, sure, but uh, and I have that there, too. Weapons attachments. That's mm-hmm. in there, too. Yeah, so that's like a separate category. That's a separate bullet point. Why those aren't the same bullet point, I don't know. Why it's called mm-hmm. gameplay, I'm not sure. Uh, system ship degradation. I would think that would be part of the whole weapons attachment thing too, but that's a separate bullet point, and that's gameplay. So I, oh, I, I think, and, and 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 there's a version two of it. So there's two. Okay, let me let, let me let me play my my sig apologist role. Like all right, uh, so it's good. That's as, good. Back as, as as the feedback will undoubtedly point out. Uh-huh. Um, I think we, we should also remember our discussion from way back in the day how this roadmap is generated. These are Jira ticket items. And I think the reason that you're probably seeing them as separate things because it's probably separate people that are responsible and being assigned to them. And so they have to, they, they divvy these things out because it's potentially a different team or just a different guy, or they may want to break, they want to pass it off or break it up later. It's version two. Version two of what? It's literally called Ship System Degradation Improvements. And then, and that's in 3.5. And in 3.6, it's Ship System Degradation improvements, version two. Yeah. It's sequential. Yeah, yeah. I. Was that, why is that? Why are those two separate bullet points? Well, because they probably have a list of features that are in the first one that aren't in the second one, and they don't give us that, that level of granular detail. Okay, that's fine. But but my, and again, my my the, my overarching question remains though: How is that gameplay? And why isn't that part of inventory management or the repair know. feature, which I, is a separate I, 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 thing? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't see why it's that's academic in my opinion. Why does it matter? Well, if it's, to it's, me, it's not because you're supposed you, to be able to be the pirate and the miner and the salvager and the explorer and and all these things. Gameplay loops, right? These are these are things that your careers. These are progressions. Now, there's also maybe mini games. Do we want to call them mini games? Is that what they're calling gameplay? The repair I mini think these games. Are, these the are things that game? are probably directly affecting the uh, player experience. Which is probably why they call them gameplay, like ragdoll physics. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like for instance, the difference would be engine improvements. You know, like if okay. I get a, if I get better perf engine improvements, it's not necessarily going to affect your gameplay. It all sure. it all depends on what your hardware setup is and things like that. Pretty much everything on here they call gameplay is something that you will see direct changes in yeah. the game from. I'll concede that tweaking your engine and stuff is is gameplay because I I spent I've spent hours upgrading my ship in Elite Dangerous. So I mean I I get that, but ragdoll improvements is that gameplay? Again, I don't know. I mean I don't know how I don't know how they're defining this. Like I said, you will see that. I don't either. And but why they're and, and they don't either because in in this 
gameplay on which one is it? Is it's on new flight model is considered gameplay in Squadron Forty Two, but it's a core system in uh, Star Citizen. I mean, again, I, it's, it, it seems academic, Tony. Why does that matter? Because it's the roadmap. Again, it, it, it it's the same item. It's the same item. Why do you, why do you care how they classify it? Yeah, this is supposedly their internal Jira stuff. Yeah. So on the one side of the house, it's gameplay, and the other side, it's a core system. What does it matter? <laughs> because they're supposed to be telling us what's going on. This is supposed to be the look under the hood. Back in our, our original discussion here, the reason we do this, or the reason we feel like we have license to do it, is because they're supposedly giving us a look under the hood. Yeah. I look under the hood, and I'm like, okay, on this engine, it's this kind of thing. On this engine, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Why do you call it this? Why do I, why, it, if I called it apple and tomato, would that change the functionality that, that it's describing? This is not functionality. This is about organization. This is about uh, accountability. This is about keeping the, the, the community apprised as to what you're doing. Again, and, and these are probably pulled off Jira tags, and somebody tagged it differently, you know, in, in Jira for some weird reason. Again, yeah, for some weird reason. The, you know what? The No, think about it this way. Uh, and here's my SC apologist uh, ex- explanation for that. And these are different teams, in theory, right? One's, in, one's primarily EU-focused, and one's primarily... USEU focused, I guess, you know, in terms of work distribution. Um, they may have different teams on both sides that are dealing with these things and they get, and because of JIRA tags, um, the team that they want this going to sees a different tag. And so on one system, it's the core, it's the core engine guys who are in Frankfurt and the, and the other side, it's the gameplay guys who are in LA. I don't know. I'm, I'm just spitballing, but like I'm saying, I don't think it matters. It's just a tag somebody put on the back end. Why do we care what the category is? Like, okay. Do you have a do you have a more okay. do you have a sure. you, you have a bigger a bigger gripe than simply what 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 game category they did that made made it harder for you to make a spreadsheet out of? No, but my no, the entire point of my th- my entire point here is that Star Citizen is now taking a back seat, and the seat that they're in, I am very unsure of because things that we that I would consider to be gameplay components are not on here and the things that I would consider to be I don't know features mini games puzzles those are what they're calling gameplay exploration is missing in action I do not see exploration on here yeah. at all I, mean, I don't Salvaging. I don't I mean I'm, I'm not going to argue with you I mean the fact that, that that you know you don't that they have obviously de-emphasized a number of gameplay loops that we were excited about in Star Citizen for off the roadmap potentially. I don't know where they are. Are they been pushed to Q4? Or are they just completely gone? They're uh, they're. I went. I I looked at Q1 to Q4 2019. If it's on they, they, in three point five, they did have additional pirate gameplay and a couple of things. I'm guessing those are gone now. They have huh? they have missions. What they've done is they've they've got they've got missions. So like there's an entire chunk of stuff here. So there's PVP bounties and bounty mission NPC improvements, delivery missions to Art Corp. Ship to station docking. Yeah, that's yeah. gameplay. Dynamic mission system. Well, hold on, hold on. Back to the back to ship to station docking. That that's they've they covered that in ATV. They had that's on here because they can't develop some of the ships with it until they get that finished. Okay, but I mean it, that's that is that's not a core system then. That's not a because that underlying it goes, multiple ships. It goes ships. back to our it goes back to our our argument. I don't know why that right. one why it's called one thing one place and one thing another. I mean right. it's again it's academic in my opinion. Well, uh, but we're here speculating because this is the information we have at hand. No, I know, but I mean, it's just—it's just what category did you put it in? You know, what, what's it matter as long as it exists? It, it, that's fine, but it's not gameplay. And the, the, my my point is that progress on the sort of game playing 
that we were sold on back in the day has you, taken you're, you're, a definite backseat. Your gripe, and let me, let me apologize for putting words in your mouth, your, my, your gripe is the professions aren't here. Yeah, because that's what the game is about. And I, I, and I, I agree. I mean, that's, that's annoying. I, I would love to have, I, I, I am, you know, as my, you know, my preferred profession isn't here. There's a couple that are in game right now. Um, but I would, I would definitely like to see more. Some of these things, it looks like that are kind of, they, they, they go into the professions. Uh, you do get a black market. Improvements on, yeah, well, there's, there's widow and there's all sorts of trading right now. Right. And there is two degree, a level of piracy, but you know, we don't have our, our quantum interceptors yet, which were promised, things like that. No, no, uh, interdictors, you. sorry. We never yeah. quantum interdiction and things like that, which were promised. It is supposedly in this year and it doesn't look like they're here. Um, they're not there anymore. <clears throat> similarly, you know, like you said with exploration, but like, like vehicle scanning and uh, some of the other scanning improvements they mentioned here, those will go into exploration, right? But they're not exploration gameplay itself. So, yeah, yeah and the, the, that looks like that has gotten pushed off too. Um, there was another thing. Bounty hunting was supposed to be on here, like you said. They're, they have missions. They'll give you missions. They'll have some missions. You're get that's mission. not what we want, right? We want a bounty hunting board that's dynamically generated and gets gets populated. That could be under mission NPC improvements. Maybe. Could be. But, could but, be. but again, and I, I understand the criticism. Um, I don't understand your other criticism here about, you know, calling things gameplay. It's, it's just a name. That could, if you're right, it's just a Jira tag. Then I need to talk to the guy that's making the Jira tags and wondering why there's not a consistency there. Because uh, to me, telling people what to expect and telling people how you view the things that they're supposed to be expecting is kind of part of their whole peek behind the curtain deal. And if it's not going to be consistent, and it's not going to be consistent between the games, which are supposedly joined at the hip at the back end. Joined at the hip at the back end. Can I say that over the air? I think I can. Uh, so if we, if you, if that's where it's at, then I think there needs to be some more consistency there across it, and they need to better define what all these things are. And uh, because I, remember the remember from the from CitizenCon, there were these principal. I forget what Chris Roberts called them, but there were these persistent universe uh, uh, milestones that once they got these things in, they're going to call it good. No more server resets. We're we're done. You know the the ultimate uh, minimum viable uh, uh, game, whatever whatever the MVP yeah, was. It's basically product. they're they're kicking to beta, right? Basically, they're moved from alpha to beta, in which point they stop resetting their uh, alpha U. It yeah. goes from alpha UEC to real UEC at that point. Right, and I'm just the the condition of what that product is going to be, whenever it comes into being, doesn't appear to be improving. And the progress on it has has stopped, which is my overall thrust of this whole thing. Because all this stuff that's that's on there now, eh, they they could they could let it go. They could push it back. You know, a lot of the stuff is like you said. It's not it's not professions, right? It's more it's more what I guess they would consider they used to call like you said core technology, mm-hmm. and that uh, that seems to be a lot of the focus here, right? I mean, there's still the, the, the you've 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 trimmed out a lot of stuff here in terms of the content side, right? So although that's a lot of the, the their effort going forward is getting a lot of these planets and moons and other technologies that go along with these new planets and moons out there as well, right? Which is another step towards the the beta, getting a minimum viable amount of content in order to be able to have a trade flow, have a uh, system interaction, things like that. And, and I just picked the tag that I cared about, which was gameplay. Sure. 
And I think that might also be a bar on some of these gameplay things, too. I mean, if we're, with us only having a handful of planets at the moment, um, I, some of these professions might not make sense, right? Like, what's the point of an exploration profession if you, you only have a universe that's one system wide, one system large, right? Well, we're only going to have five at launch and a hundred total at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, even with five, you have a, you have a, the, uh, you have the potential of exploring something, you know, for, for I guess one of those systems could be unexplored and you could all fly to that system and explore it and then fly to the other ones to sell your stuff. Yeah, I think I, you know, exploration game mechanics, in my opinion, are a bit fuzzy right now. It's a it's a hot topic. Everybody likes talking about the Karak. But you look at what they've actually told you about about that stuff. It seems like a lot of procedurally generated content, right? In which you go out there, you find something, you do something, and then maybe it's not quite the same way next time if you do it again, you know? And and that that's something that they haven't clarified a lot. And we'll need to find out what exactly that means going forward. But and Elite Dangerous, and, and in Sarsis' defense, Elite Dangerous did take four years to sort of like get exploration to be fun. Yeah. So. It didn't, that, that's a good point. I think I think, right, a, well, I think a lot of those other other professions are will be easier than exploration. The thing that the thing that that annoys me that's really missing here isn't really any of the ones we've talked about, um, but the fact that there's not a, a salvage mechanic here. Yeah, I got pushed off too. Yeah, I think so. That's I mean, that, like that that's a major ship in game right now. People flying around and literally can't do anything besides maybe haul cargo in, and so yeah. that's something that. I, I think needs to be prioritized if you're going to find a gameplay loop. And, and salvage goes back to the whole repair mechanics potentially, which also got pu- pushed off. And similarly with the refueling mechanics, the, those all kind of come in a big bundle, in my opinion. These like support infrastructure. Yeah, uh, fuel scooping is on the list for 3.7. So, but not not uh, refueling, not ship to ship refueling. I think that got taken off altogether. Yeah, that was, that was, right. you have it in your dropped list. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah ship to ship refuel got, got pulled. So, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, this is, this is, the overall arching theme is the times they are a change and I think we're seeing more evidence of that now. Jeff, you've stayed quiet throughout this whole thing. You get the last word. I think that, uh, as we've seen with other, uh, roadmaps, this is subject to change. And that um, it's all great to talk about, but you know, really, until we hit those milestones, those Q, uh, those quarter numbers, uh, and see where the final is, it's all just speculation at this point. Well, all right, and it's not like we've turned random facts into thirty minutes worth of speculation ever. We don't never do that on this show, not at all. But now that we're all caught up on space sim news, let's get caught up on space news with Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Imperial civil unrest following the purge of Nova Imperium Group may be affecting the political landscape outside the Empire. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace. 
Thanks, Spencer. While the worst of the turmoil may be over, the summary execution of Nova Imperium's leadership on the floor of the Senate is having a lasting impact on the politics of the galaxy. Alliance President Gibson Kincaid, still stinging from the failure to expand the powers of his office, is using the crisis to raise interest in his militant defense policies. President Kincaid is lobbying for increased expenditures for the Alliance fleet, based on the argument that the Empire— and possibly the Federation, might abandon them at any time. Kincaid went on to accuse Alliance officials of whistling past the graveyard, stating, quote, All other leaders are looking elsewhere, pretending Nova Imperium never happened. But I have the courage to give a voice to our people's fears, end quote. These comments drew a rare, direct rebuke from Prime Minister Edmund Mahon, who stated, quote, I remind President Kincaid that his focus should be on diplomatic duties, as agreed by the Assembly. Inter-superpower cooperation against the Thargoids remains unchanged, and the Empire's internal politics do not concern the Alliance, end quote. Meanwhile, federal officials are staying eerily quiet for now. In the weeks leading up to the Red Trial, warnings, statements of concern, and off-the-record comments were daily occurrences from Congress and the federal military. Now? Radio silence. Does the rise and fall of Nova Imperium signal coming internal struggles in the Alliance and Federation? From the Alioth System for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. As GPR reported last week, the disappearance of actor Consuela Knight, who supposedly vanished from her private yacht along with its crew, has been determined to be a hoax. A reporter spotted Ms. Knight alive and well at the Skyglow Havens on the Rea Archipelago. Although she was registered under a false name, she reportedly confessed that she feared her career was fading, hoping that a bit of publicity would spur sales of her previous work. She arranged her disappearance. Some commentators have disputed this explanation, citing Miss Knight's previously stable behavior, as well as an enormous risk and expense of pulling the crew off the ship and hiding them for several weeks. However, federal authorities have apparently judged the evidence as credible and have closed their investigation. GPR has received unconfirmed reports that Skylow Havens itself is now under investigation. It has been connected with a number of fugitive cases. Most recently, author Olive Redcourt, creator of the universally acclaimed, timeless, swashbuckling adventure romance, thrill ride of epic saga, <clears throat> creator of the Corsair King novel series, was found hiding from his publisher at the resort. Finally, in local news, two separate civil wars were in progress in the NC system. The Crimson Mafia is battling imperial firm Anseeth Inc. for trade and commerce influence, and independent factions Anseeth Partners and the regulatory state are fighting for control of Koppel Terminal and Mitre, Anseeth 4's moon. Guard Frequency Response Associate Director Richard Clemens told GPR, quote, We are trying to keep the disruption of local security to a minimum. Fortunately, our partners with iPuppus Federal Industries and Revolutionary and Seath Free are assisting us with containment and relief efforts. We expect this will blow over soon. End quote. Until the next turn of the worlds for Galactic Public Radio, I am Spencer McDunn. Good night.
to save you today. Let's go. You want to fly or not? Let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. You get to the mouth of the canyon, and uh, you your uh, little radar thing picks up an, uh, another SRV right behind you. Uh, so I want you to um, make a vehicle piloting check. Eight plus one is nine. All right. So uh, you're able to uh, sort of stay ahead of the guy easily enough. Um, so you're keeping your distance. He's not closing on you, um, but he's definitely... He, He's almost certainly following you. Like the canyons, it's not like he has a lot of, a lot of choices to, but to go down your track, but he is trying to keep you in sight. So he's following you. Go ahead and uh, roll another vehicle piloting check. Uh, go ahead and taste for another caramel point. The strong this, with me this today. Is just not good for, this is just not good. Oh, natural That's 10. Better. All right. So uh, you, you decide you, you've had about enough of this business. So what you're going to do is you're going to uh, make uh, uh, some hairpin turns and... Uh, and uh, He's following like your taillights, right? He's counting on you for some cues to uh, avoid the canyon walls and avoid crashing into stuff. And so you let him get up real close to you. So he's like tailgating you. And then you start making faster maneuvers so that he can't, yeah, he can't keep up. And you're throwing up dust and stuff so he can't see. Uh, and he is, he's bouncing off the walls and damaging his car as that happens. And uh, do one more check. So now that you got him, yeah. Now that you got him all damaged up and beat up, and there's dust everywhere, and you've cracked his bubble, uh, then as as a final little uh, uh, screw you, buddy, you lead him right up to a, a a wall, and then you hit your thrusters and go vertical, and you just like float in the air above him. He runs right underneath you, smashes into the wall, sparks and explosions. Vehicle's toast, and you settle right back down, basically on top of him, and throw it into reverse, and you're back on the canyon floor. Okay. So good job. What do you want? Did you want to? You could try to loot the body, but uh, it's mostly chunky salsa at this point. I am too nice for that anyway. Okay. All right. So onto the coordinates, which you locate, and uh, it's another one of those sort of rock pile things. I see you laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> she was super honest with Clev. You got to give it to her. I mean, really. I mean, that was that was that was that was you know she's the she's the most honest thief and spy you're ever gonna find. You never pass um, up an opportunity to loot the body. Come on. This is why having 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 Kin Shadow and Adir on the same team is gonna be so great. This is gonna be so great. All right. So uh, uh, you you drive to the last bit of coordinates. Locate the box. Uh, you knock the knock the pile over, dig out the box. You want to try and open it? All yeah. right. Yeah. Security, security check. Another this eight. lock was a lot easier, um, and it seems like the box is older. Uh, so, uh, but you so you managed to pop the thing open, and I want you to roll a uh, D one hundred. Four. That was maybe not the best roll ever, but <laughs> you know you <laughs> don't go to war stapler. with the roll you want. You go to war with the roll you have. So is it a working stapler? I, a stapler. I hope it's staples. It is. Oh, oh, it is staples. Oh wow! I don't like the look on his face. Okay, so <laughs> on the loot table, this is a this is the, the low value rare items, and everybody rolled on this table. <laughs> Shiv rolled on it. Ken Shadow rolled on it. Henry rolled on it. And your fabulous prize is a Genome Incorporated Anti-Grav Hairspray. Now roll a 1d10 to find out how many bottles you got. That's worth like <laughs> 7 million credits, right? No. 
No. You found eight bottles of anti-grav hairspray worth 500 credits apiece on the open market. I just say, oh, yay, I'm rich. So that was that was pretty great. <laughs> Can I ask a question? True. Oh, aren't they <laughs> hundreds of years old also? Uh, they may indeed have some sort of uh, antique value. Um, go ahead. Roll it. Roll another D10. Roll another D10 here. Natural 10. Dude, they're so collector's items, right? They are, they are collector's items. We're going to go ahead and add a zero to that. So instead of instead of uh, 4,000 credits, they're 40,000 credits, which is essentially you know what you got for the that last job. So Collector's item hairspray. Yep. See, aren't you glad I'm helping? That was good. See, this is why I did <laughs> the peanut gallery along. Thank you, Henry, for that brilliant story um, improv improvisation and uh, enhancement. Well done. They, 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 have, the, do they have the original you. logo on there that has a cartoon character that unfortunately is a little racially sensitive, but... Can go well, well on eBay, just like old Disney cartoons. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, it's it, it basically was uh, uh, at the end of the Thargoid sort of you know wars, and so that has an un unfortunate sort of H-sided octagon on it, so that you know it's a little, it's a little, 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 little touchy, little sensitive. Uh, so, all right. So you you pack up your hairspray uh, and uh, you hop into your uh, SRV, drive back to your ship, and off you go back to Clev. So you you rendezvous with Clev, you bring him the two crates. And uh, he looks into the empty crate and goes, "What was this? Was empty?" Not exactly. And I, I've already like I have one of the bottles on me, and I just pop it open and start spraying it. What? Clev uh, is, by if in my mind anyway, Clev is bald. So you know he looks like he's what his hair. I didn't say I was doing oh, it on okay, him. Okay. Yeah. I've got okay, hair. Right. He's like, oh, and he kind of looks at the label and kind of goes, "Okay, so that one was bust." I don't know how this guy got the <laughs> reputation for being so great. I mean, he gives me a broken gun, gives you beauty product. Okay, great, fine. What about this one here? And he looks at the other box. I haven't been able to open goes, it. Oh, okay. And so he uh, he uh, uh, goes over to like the uh, the intercom and goes, "Hey, hey, Shelly, get up here." Wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. What does my hair look like right now? Is it just floating? Yeah, if you sprayed it on yourself, yes. It, it, let's actually, we'll, we'll take this moment here. We'll take a brief interlude here to uh, read the description for the Genome Incorporated Anti-Grav Hairspray. Uh, one I hope you've here. got 80s bangs. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to make sure, you know, it, it, it comports with the uh, with uh, the text of, of, our, of our game thing, provided by Spider-Mind Games, uh, just as, as a reminder. Uh, so the Genome Incorporated Anti-Grav Hairspray gives you a social factor of plus one. So people know that you've been taking care of yourself. A, each can, <laughs> each can uh, uh, is a one-use can. So you, you just used an eighth of your supply. Uh, oh, it's like ten grand. Oh, it was really, I was really hopeful. It's like five it's grand. Five. It was five it's grand. Five. So, but it's okay. I was planning to keep a bottle for myself anyway. But, <laughs> I have an empty one. But but yeah. it, but here it is. Wraps hair strands in. It, an invisible in an invisible bubble of hydrogen causing superior lift flammable so <laughs> word of the wise don't get involved in any firefights or uh, stand near any open flames not that's a big and problem it's okay i'm going to wash my hair before our next adventure <laughs> i'm sure it's got 500 or 5000 credits worth of uh, product in your hair i'd never wash it again man <laughs> you're done now you just have that that perm is done so but i mean with that social factor of plus 1 any of your you know bluff charisma intimidate type checks you, they all go up by one now so i mean you know uh, you get an extra bonus to that, so there you go. So uh, that's uh, that's a thing. 
Uh, is it permanent? Uh, no, I mean it'll it'll, it'll okay. like I think, you know. See, there's it. It depends on each of the cosmetics in here. Some of them, the really expensive ones, have like a one week or one month or six months. Uh, uh, it, it gives or goes up. This is the cheapest one, so it's probably you know a day. Uh, 24 hours kind of a thing. Um, I'd rather sell the rest of them anyway. All right. All right. So, uh, but, so, uh, so before you continue, I'd like to point out that Clev is about to open a loot crate. Clev is about yeah. to open a loot crate, except he has to go get the person with the uh, magic key. Uh, so he calls uh, Shelly. Uh, you have you, uh, Adira, you have not met her, I don't think. Uh, I don't think so. So uh, in walks in walks a, uh, a a tall a tall woman, late forties, uh, engineer technician kind of jumpsuit. Um, she uh, walks in and goes, "I was busy, Clev. What do you want?" He says, "I got a little uh, got the little surprise in here. I don't know what's in it, but it could be something good." Uh, and she goes, "Oh," he goes, and then she looks at the box and goes, "Oh my God, it's an antique." And she sort of looks at it and goes, God, I don't even know. And she sort of pulls out a hand comm and like fiddles with it and looks through some programs and goes, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like eight generations old and starts fiddling with it. After a couple minutes, uh, the seals break and it pops open. Rolling out a D100. 60. That's Nail polish. a little better. Let's see, let's see what... <laughs> Bathroom spray. <Yeah. laughs> oh, I was hoping for bar soap. Old Playboys. <laughs> Everything's old. It's all coming up old Playboys. Okay. So inside here, uh, you find half of a dozen Exalt Wild Scatter shotguns. Uh, these are, let's, uh, we'll go back and look at those. I'll give you the description on that. Wild scatter. That sounds slightly better than hairspray. Yes, this, these are. Slightly. These, right. An order of magnitude or two better than hairspray, we'll just say. Uh, that, that's a, that's definitely a thing. Uh, so we'll go look at the notes for that as soon as the, well, that's not finding that. All right, let me try another search. Exalt. I'm searching the PDF of the Spider-Man games, uh, Elite Dangerous role-playing game. Yes, there was. Exalt was a much better choice for search. This is a kinetic weapon. Uh, damage is 2d10 at medium range. Uh, that's that middle column in your range uh, uh, chart. 1d10 at long range and 3d10 at short range. Uh, it will also divide fire, which is a special property which you can hit more than one target if you're uh, close enough. 78,000 credits a pop. How many did she find? Wow. Uh, a dozen? A dozen. I think I said half a dozen, lot, yeah. but we're going to go ahead and make it a dozen. We're going to make an even dozen. Because what's going to happen is Clev's like, oh, this, these are nice. These are antique, very nice, and he uh, puts his standard ammo, and he uh, reaches under the counter and loads a couple up, and he uh, uh, goes into the uh, uh, fiery range behind there and says, cover ears, and then uh, lets off a couple rounds and goes, oh, Yes, very, very nice. And he kind of inspects them and real quickly goes, so would you like a cash uh, or would you like uh, some guns in cash or would you like uh, all guns? Did you like your payment in all guns? Um, are you going to give me one of those? Uh, I will get you. So here's the deal. Um, I give you a job. Um, you will find these things, but you will not get it for me. I figured that, uh, you know, we split what, like a 6 to 40? I get to the 60, you get a 40? So I give you four guns and mm, let's say 150,000 credits, uh, or you can have uh, five guns and no money, or I give you 400,000 credits for the lot. All right, 
I'll take the four guns then and the money. All right, so four of these at 78,000 credits apiece and 150,000 credits. Okay. And um, at the end of it, uh, he goes, you know, this was lots of good fun and we have 10 more of these to go. But I tell you what, um, while you're gone, I look at some coordinates and I'm a little suspicious about some of these. And he kind of calls you over. How so? He looks at these and goes, Long time ago. Well, really not that long time ago, but a while back. Uh, me and uh, other guard frequency pipples, we go to areas of space where some of these coordinates are. And we find things that are unusual. And dangerous. Unusual how? And weird. So weird, I can deal with. No, and he kind of looks at you very serious and goes, "No, uh, we barely got Talk out. We barely got out." Uh, he he and he kind of he he, cho- he, he kind of poke he kind of looks at the la- the four last four on the list especially. He goes, "These rat close to where we were," and it looked like to me, as time go on, whoever made these whoever made these coordinates got more and more dangerous. And he says at the bottom of the list and goes, bad stuff here. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to show a list to Valis. He says we. He says, I go show this to Valis. She don't need to know you know this. He kind of gives you a little wink, right? It's better for everybody if she don't know you know this. I tell you so that in a year or two, Clev have accident, Clev disappear... Clev, don't uh, show up for a while. Pretend he does not know you anymore. You still have a copy of this, right? Yeah. If uh, something bad happened to Clev and is weird and you don't know why that is, you can't find me. Maybe you need to go looking for these things if you feel like dying. Why would you think I would ever feel like dying? <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> and he looks at you like... I swore to secrecy. I cannot say very much, but stuff I stuff I know, stuff we know. And he kind of looks around the the ship, and and uh, uh, the lady who just came in uh, is sort of like being sort of like looking at him impatiently, and also very nervous. He, she's not stopping him saying any of this stuff. She's letting him kind of get away with this, and and he kind of goes, "Stuff we know is very dangerous, very important, and if." I disappear, Shelly disappear, Valis disappear. Bad thing happens is good to know someone else knows. Okay? Okay. And he, he taps the last four on the on the screen again and goes, There's probably things here that are very dangerous. But might need to be known later. I can't say anything more than that right now, but things happen. Is space space is a big place? People disappear if, but there are things. Okay, go enjoy money and go enjoy guns. Uh, you know, keep in touch. Don't be a stranger. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendly, so let's just be friendly. Some say he's friends with a Russian audio technician and a Czech one too. Czech one too. But all we know is he's called the Shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. Now that one I got. I this one was this one. <laughs> that one was good. This one was. Mm, the Russians and Czechoslovakians aren't quite the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. They're Eastern Europe. They use the Cyrillic alphabet. I mean, they're close. And for the purposes of the joke, and a check one, two, check one, two. Yep, that, uh, that was that was, that was Chiv. Yep. Hats off on that one. Nicely done. A recap of last week's community questions. Are you going to miss calling all devs? Is this a trend? And say nice things about Ed Lewis. Do it! Sean Newboy writes in and says, Great job, everyone. I liked the discussion on IP rights. Ed Lewis is smart, funny, handsome, and by gosh, people like him. Great job on that knockout punch. <laughs> uh, Stephen Hunter UK writes in and says, It might be best to ask CIG directly re the boilerplate. You might be fine with placing it in the show notes. Also, Doctor Who fanfiction has been sold for charity in the past. Yeah. Kraft writes in and says, Hashtag adjustable seats 2020. <laughs> for, not my president. Adjustable seats. God, I can't... can't, can't can't do nothing right. Well, sorry, what, what is there's like that 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 cartoon that's all about adjustable seats? Tiny Terrapin, right? Have you guys seen that? No. The, no. A fan made a whole series of cartoon cartoons just about the the adjustable seats and wanted like uh, uh, the Terrapin to have a higher higher seat. It, they're they're pretty funny. Go look them up. Anyway, Weirchall writes in and says. RE, the community question, I'm in favor of cutting anything that impedes development of the game so long as it as it doesn't impact the quality of the game. If they decide to cut something that does impact the quality of the game, there's a discussion to be had, but I'll likely be on the side of do what you need to do to get the game done. In response to Tony's refusal to give the people what they want, has he ever read the terms and conditions <laughs> on Frontier's site? They are also onerous and off-putting, yet we still get our weekly broadcast from Anseeth. Tony comes across as the podcast equivalent of the playground kid who says, I'm going to take my ball and go home. <laughs> I hesitated to write, to write because... <laughs> I hesitated to write because this is, after all, Tony's podcast, and I'm very happy to have it in my life. Tony can do what he wants, but remember, without the team, the patrons, and the listeners, the Deep Black would get pretty lonely. Well, th- Wereshel, thank you for writing in such a well-considered uh, uh, feedback, and please don't hesitate to call me out. Please don't. Just do it. It's okay. No no love lost. It's quite all right. Uh, I did go take a look at the Frontier Terms and Conditions, and I'd like to quote you some very British phrases. Uh, from the terms and conditions on the, it's kind of all, on they all the have a bunch of U, extra U's and E's. They, well, they do, and also it's, one of the sections starts out whilst mm. the whole thing starts. Out, whilst we're happy for people to make elite dangerous content, there are some rules that we wish creators to adhere to when using our assets. Now, that's game assets, right? Like you know, uh, pictures and and, uh, and and code and and models and stuff like that. Um, this is, uh, uh, th- I like, uh, these are also some very British things. There are two preferred ways of doing this. We, pre- we would prefer this to happen. And whilst it is not a requirement, uh, and then uh, things could be in the credits, the header footer, or terms and conditions, depending on the nature of the content, as long as it's not deliberately excluded from viewers. They don't really care as long as you don't, like, try to hide it. And then uh, my favorite part about this was... Uh, the long-form version should be used for video content, community sites, fan pages, or for longer editorials, where it can be adequately fitted in without affecting the creativity of the piece. So there's, there's all this stuff in here that's like, if it's not too much trouble, we'd prefer that if you did it this way. And golly, guys, it'd be neat if you could you know, help us out here, rather than 
having sorts of triggers and stuff like that. So, I mean, they, and this stuff here, this is all what in in lawyer language is called precatory language. It's like these are the things we'd like you to do. The underlying bite comes from the way the law just works. They're telling you their preferences here because if they really had to, they could come kick your butt. So the difference between having the the things we were discussing and the stuff that's on this elite uh, uh, media usage guide is I think what they call it, uh, elite dangerous media usage rules. It's on their forum. The difference is that they're saying here's how we'd prefer you'd used our stuff. The threat in the background is if we don't like it, we will come get you. You don't have to say that. You shouldn't but say that. Isn't that the the implication? Either way, and no, they come. No, Star Citizen comes right out and says, "You don't have any rights to use it unless you do it this way." And we reserve the right to come kick your ass if you don't do it this way. Well, both both people are reserving the rights to kick our ass. What is? is yeah, but elite doesn't. But Frontier doesn't come out and say that. The difference being, the difference being is they're just British, right? That's mainly the that's mainly the difference. The, the, and the, what I find amusing is that. America has very strong uh, First Amendment type stuff where prior restraint, uh, telling somebody you can't publish something before it's published is is very naughty. You don't do that. That's not a thing. But by terms and conditions, they're saying up front, you don't have the right to do that unless we give it to you. It's like they're trying to get at prior restraint when you really shouldn't do that. But on the British side, that has they don't have nearly the sort of First Amendment type. Well, they even have a First Amendment because they don't have the Constitution, et cetera, et cetera, legal things. But they they're almost going out of their way to say, "Go ahead and give it a shot, guys. We'll tell you if we don't like it." Uh, it almost puts the burden on them to come after you and where it is in the first place. So and, and that's the difference. And I think that's why I don't feel constrained, restrained, obligated on the frontier side other than to play nice with their stuff. On the CIG side, they impose some affirmative obligations that I'm just not interested in doing. But good feedback. Thanks, Virgil. Don't ever hesitate. Druid writes in and says, At Jeff, using your example of adjustable car seats, you forget that every person still has to adjust where their hands and feet go, as no seat is infinitely adjustable. Moreover, the line of sight is also different for everybody. Comparing the real world to a game world is a logical fallacy. That being said, I agree with you completely that the lack of height and build adjustment is disappointing. Extremely at that. Just don't take the disappointment and assume they don't want to do it, merely that it was a hard game development choice. If they only wanted to do the thing that was the easy way, the game would have been out years ago. Good point. At Tony, I don't understand your disdain for so-called YouTube lawyers as the two that I listen to practice law as their bread and butter. Moreover, one of them does copyright law as his core practice. I understand there are plenty of people who think they know a little bit about any subject and think they're an expert, but isn't dismissing all YouTube lawyers out of hand a bit overbroad? We'll get to that in a second. He goes on, One thing that's been bothering me for some time is the extremely negative slant you seem to take to all that comes out of CI. For instance, this last show is a perfect example. Your response to the elimination of Calling All Devs show was that it must be the influence of the new minority shareholders. Mine was business as usual. They've been changing things up like this from the very beginning. If they weren't, we'd still have Wingman's Hangar, or some variation thereof, seeing as how Wingman's long gone, tenant for the chairman, and so on. You may, in fact, be right about how this change came about, but the fact that you didn't even mention the business as usual angle is indicative of an ongoing trend. To make a long post even longer, allow me to speculate. It's been more than six years since Jeff and I backed the game. I missed my golden ticket by one day. And even for those that backed later, it's still been a very long time. People are getting tired of waiting and pessimistic about the game actually ever coming out. Thus, people are 
looking for any news at all that comes out in the worst way possible, not helped by CII pulling some genuinely boneheaded maneuvers from time to time. This appears to be particularly the case with Tony, who by contrast occasionally actually has something nice to say about Elite Dangerous. In the interest of fairness, Elite is actually out, which Squadron 42 and Star Citizen are not. I know being a professional stir is Tony's shtick, and that can be fun, but when it's all you do in regards to CI, it's just tiring instead of fun. In the interest of not being a hypocrite and honest feeling as well, I'll say I love Guard Frequency and I'm happy to continue backing on Patreon. The podcast wouldn't be the same without any of you. Yes, that includes you as well, Tony. I missed you when you were gone during the campaign season some time ago. Keep on making the best damn Space Sim podcast ever, and I'll keep listening. You know what we should do? We should get this Tony fellow on the show, and then he could balance out the Brian Kinshadow fellow that has all that so positive on say. Yeah, it's, it sounds we, like a fine idea. So we, we don't, ever, have, we don't have anybody that can balance out Brian. Now, now to be fair, you've been gone a lot, and we've missed you. I we have. truly have. That's my so, fault. I mean, it's th- that leave my job. Uh, and my Druid wife. has an excellent point: is that 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 counterweight that you provide has been missing, and so and genuinely, we have missed it. So, glad you're back. <laughs> please stop going to China and making money and, and earning a living. We can't have that anymore. That just please has to stop. For the good of the show, I'll, really. I'll tell my wife that. We'll see what happens. Let your wife know about how the, the, the how the new reality works. Okay, <laughs> that'd be great. Thank you. No, but uh, I do want to address the whole uh, the, the YouTube lawyer bit. Technically speaking, I'm sort of worse than a YouTube lawyer on because I don't even have a, I don't even put it on YouTube. Like we do this podcast thing. What is that business? It's audio. <laughs> how primitive. But it's the difference is is that some of these guys on there their bread and butter practices their bread and butter practice and so this thing that they do is sort of like the side thing a couple of times more than once the youtube guys have missed some very basic things that would have been readily apparent if they'd actually analyzed the documents that were publicly available before they commented that's just not a good thing to do period if you're gonna go on there with your little robe and mantle as a lawyer, you need to do two things. Number one, read the documents. Number two, disclaim the hell out of everything before you before you make your opinions out there. Like, say, I only read this document. I only read it once. I'm shooting from the hip. The things that I usually say. I'm not an IP expert. I don't practice in that area, but this is my hobby, right? It's my labor of love. I take it relatively seriously, and I've been following it for years. So, well, I may be dismissive of quote YouTube lawyers and we may make fun of quote YouTube lawyers I strongly am aware that I'm one of them and but the difference is I think I pay a little more attention to the underlying the facts uh, situation circumstances than some of the other ones do I'm very biased because it's me take that with a grain of salt Anybody else have anything they'd like to, uh, to say to, Dru- to Druid? Oh, nice feedback. No, it was. It was well. It, it was long, and the show is a little bit long. But I wanted to read this one its, in its entirety because it was extremely well organized and put out. So it is. Thanks for writing in, Druid. Hope to see you do it more. I agree with all points. Okay, in general feedback, we had nothing. So on to new Patreons. None. No random winners. But Tony has something to say. This week's community question, are you chill about the roadmap from CI? And what does space legs mean to you? And otherwise, how is the show? Do you get elite feet thinking about our episodes? Or is it a case of the blue shoes? Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show post, which you can find on our website and look us up on Discord. And that'll bring us to the end of episode 247 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 248 on February 12th, 2019. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at guardfrequency.com. 
We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist and master webslinger, Ben Sanders, our elite contributor, Baxter, and of course, our audio engineers, Mikey, Lennon, and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJinkies.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. That's oh, you, Brian. Uh, that's me. I, I'm, that's I'm, I've been off too long. <clears throat> yes. You're tuned to the guard frequency because oh, because because I'm talking too fast. <clears throat> and don't and forget. Don't, damn it. I don't know why I'm stuck on maybe, three. I'm sorry, Maybe Jeff. we should color code these, you know, and then... It, Brian, you're number one. I know. I'm number one. Brian, I don't know. Number like, one, I think Brian. it was three last yeah. time. It's just stuck in my head. Go ahead, Jeff. Look at this. He said it backwards. <laughs> so you guys need okay. to reverse that and find yes. out that you're now all worshiping <laughs> Satan. Play that part of the podcast backwards for a secret hidden message. Okay. Huh? <laughs>